Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So welcome to this episode of the Roxpile Rockies Report, brought to you by Roxpile.com. My name is Kevin Henry. I am one of the side experts for Roxpile.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Have a special treat today. We got an exclusive interview with Buster Olney of ESPN and wanted to share that with you. Uh, Buster was kind enough to join us from spring training in Florida, where he's covering the New York Yankees for ESPN. And we ask him a lot of questions about the Rockies, about Major League Baseball, about this upcoming season, and what fans should know, what should they expect, and what can Rockies fans actually look forward to this season. So we dove into a lot of hot topics, starting with the playoff situation and the postseason thoughts that have so many people up in arms. And I think you'll be interested to hear what Buster has to say about this and why he's actually in favor of it. I appreciate it. And Buster, I'm curious. Um, one thing that I have noticed so much uh, has been there's been a lot of pushback regarding this new postseason uh, idea that has been floated out there by MLB. <laughs> and and I know that, that uh, certainly you're on the side uh, that, that it could very well be a good thing for a team like the Rockies. And uh, just just wondering if I could kind of get your opinion on that. Yeah, I, I do, and you're right. Uh, my opinion is absolutely in the minority right now <laughs> based on the response on Twitter. Um, but, you know, today I called around. I didn't. I can't tell you that I called the Rockies, but I did call around to other sort of mid-market, small-market teams, and I, you know, gave them uh, – I just asked about, hey, what do you think about this? And they liked the idea for the reason that, that I like it, the primary reason. One, I think it could be an anti-tanking measure mm-hmm. um, that would you know, potentially incentivize. You have more teams making the playoffs than you would have uh, fewer, fewer teams tanking. Uh, and there would be an incentive for a team to, that maybe was projected internally to win 79 to try to get to 83 to 85. Uh, you know, And that would be a good thing. But I also, I mean, let's face it, if you look at the baseball playoffs every year, the teams with the biggest payrolls clearly have a huge advantage. Sure. And so the folks I talked with today, um, you know, like the idea that, that there'd be more opportunities for some of the small market, mid-market type teams. And, and I know one of the examples that you used was the Padres, uh, you know, again, in, yep. in the, with the Dodgers and the Rockies are certainly in there as well, because I don't think there's anybody that's denying the Dodgers are going to win the West this year. Uh, but again, this gives opportunity and gives a little bit of hope maybe for fans uh, in the if it were to come to pass. Yeah, and the reason, you know, just thinking about being a Padres fan, I used to cover the Padres, uh, but if, uh, so I knew a lot of Padres fans when I worked out there. Um, you know, you think they they haven't made the playoffs in 2006. 
They haven't been at 500 in about a decade. Mm -hmm. And this year they have some hope. But here's the thing. You know, if you are the Tampa Bay Rays and you operate perfectly, if you're the Padres and you operate perfectly, you know, if the Dodgers are well run or the Yankees are well run, and right now they're two of the best organizations in baseball in terms of how efficient they are, you get no chances. I wrote a piece. It's like a 250-pound boxer against a 125-pounder. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and so I I like the idea of more opportunity going to you know teams that uh, you know don't have as much financial firepower as the big market teams. You know, and and I mentioned uh, the Dodgers obviously being the favorites in the West, and certainly uh, the trade that they just pulled off has not hurt that at all. Do you see no. that settling them in as the National League favorites in as well? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I really feel like, I mean, Andrew Freeman was smart in bringing in someone who could change the energy level of his team. Because mm -hmm. let's face it, you know, they pushed the rock up the hill in 2017, they lose the World Series. They do it again in 2018, they lose the World Series. You know, they were absolutely reinvested last year. They worked like crazy. The players were great. Uh, and then they got shocked by the Nationals in the playoffs. And so I wondered, okay, how are they going to sort of emotionally recharge for 2020? And I think bringing in Mookie, who's a great guy, and bringing in David Price, who's always been known as a great teammate, I think that, that, that'll be the sort of change that'll uh, really give the Dodgers a different emotional level. They've got a ton of great players, but I think you, know, you throw one of the five best players in baseball in the lineup, it makes them even better. You know, and, and certainly we're talking about teams bringing in players. We know the Rockies did not do that this year. Uh, this Was that a little bit of a surprise nationally that the Rockies kind of stuck with who they had? And, and what are you expecting from this team this year? It was a surprise for me. Um, but it, it does feel like, in some respects, like the Rockies are dealing with traditional Rocky problems, mm -hmm. which is trying to have a, a, a reliable, develop some sort of a, a predictable, reliable pitching staff. Um, and, and, you know, they, let's face it, in recent years, they extended themselves with some of their uh, reliever investments, mm -hmm. and those didn't work out. And you feel like that this, you know, what went on this winter is almost a, a reaction to that. Like, okay, well, that didn't, that plan didn't go. Um and you do wonder about Arnado and, and how he, the uncertainty about his situation also played into what, what was going on. That It feels like that before they really can take their next direction with a lot of certainty, that's going to need to be resolved. And that's probably going to come down to what Nolan wants. And it's something that I know just right before you and I came on together that uh, Bud Black said he expects Wade Davis to be the closer again this year despite all the issues that he had last year and everything else. And, and I know there have been articles that listed him as one of the, the lower-ranked uh, closers in the game. But we've, we've seen what he's done in the past with the Rockies and with the Royals. Do you think he's the kind of player that can recapture some of that closing magic? I hope so. You know, he's one of my favorite guys. Um, you, you know, you wonder now that he's a little bit older that, you know, how he's going to be able to, to bounce back. Um, I, I, it doesn't surprise me that Bud named him as the closer because when you're a mid-market, small-market team uh, and you have a lot of money invested in a player, you really needed to pay off. And I've seen that situation pop up a lot uh, where you get an expensive player uh, on a mid-level team 
they will do absolutely everything they can to, to make that player comfortable, to make him effective. My, my guess would be that he'll have the job at the outset of the year, and if he struggles, and they'll be like, okay, well, you know what? We gave it, our, we gave it the best shot. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Nolan a few minutes ago, and obviously this is something all Rockies fans are, are watching and wondering right now, and we know he's going to report to camp as a Rockies player. Is this something that winning will take care of a lot of this? Uh, or do you expect that there's something more maybe at work uh, with, with the relationship between Nolan and Jeff uh, and what's going on right now? Yeah, and I see a lot of speculation about that. Uh, you know, Nolan hasn't been specific about what he feels like the promises were made to him. I, I do feel like, you know, given the type of player that he is, if you saw the Rockies break out and start the season 27-3, and three, he wouldn't say a word. <laughs> like, he would be having a blast and he would roll with it. I have a hard time seeing that happening. Um, you know, uh, and if it doesn't, and they struggle out of the gate, and his contract situation's looming, I do wonder how he'll suffer with that, because I do think, I mean, there's some players who can hold a poker face throughout a long season. I don't think Nolan's one of those guys. No. You're always going to know how Nolan's feeling, and, and I'm wondering how he's going to handle it, if, in fact, the Rockies struggle this year, because it looks like, as we talked about the Dodgers and the juggernaut they are, the Diamondbacks look like they're an excellent team. Um, you know, the Padres are certainly better. The Giants are, are still in a rebuild mode, but it's going to be a tall mountain for the, for the Rockies to climb. Well, and, and you were reading my mind because that was going to be my next question. From a national perspective, is this something that the Rockies are really battling more for the bottom of the division versus the top? Well, they're closer, but I, I do think that, that they're closer to the bottom of the division, but I do think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're trying to run down, um, you know, the best team in the National League. Mm-hmm. That That's, and, you know, to go back to what we were talking about with the Padres and the Diamondbacks, I mean, the Diamondbacks, I think, are a terrific team that could win 90 games this year, and they may finish 15 games behind the Dodgers. Yep. Um, that's just sort of the reality of being in the division. So, Buster, I know you are uh, actually at Yankees camp, I believe, in Tampa uh, right now. And and obviously yep. there there is a Rockies connection there with DJ LeMahieu and Adam Ottavino and Mike Talkman and some of the guys who made an impact for the Yankees last year. Did DJ having such a good year last year with the Yankees break through some of the, the Coors Field bias that there might be about hitters and what they can do once they leave Colorado? No doubt about it. Uh, and I bet you that there are executives all throughout baseball just kicking themselves, <laughs> knowing that the Yankees got DJ. It's such an incredible bargain. Um, I mean, that was one of the, the best signings we've seen the last 10 years in terms of value that he brought. You know, DJ pushed it to some degree. But I, I, and I also wonder, you know, how much awareness there was of, uh, of, of DJ as someone who could play other positions. I remember talking to Brian Cashman, the Yankees general manager, the day they agreed to terms with him. And, and I said, Brian, what are you going to do? And he said, you know, we're going to move around, probably play him some at third base. And, and you don't see that with second baseman. And, you know, I watched him play third. He was great. Watched him play second, obviously. He was terrific. Mm-hmm. And his first base in the postseason, he kept making great plays. So, yeah, I do think that he probably opened up a lot of eyes with the type of player that he was. And to your point, maybe uh, maybe at least some people start to rethink about how they evaluate players coming out of Colorado. 
And, and along that same line, I'd love to ask your opinion about Larry Walker finally making the haul. And does that open up maybe for future Rockies down the line with, with a Helton or maybe even further down with Arenado as it comes out? Yeah, I, I hope it does. I feel like that Helton, like a lot of players, when Harold Baines was put in the Hall of Fame, Harold's a great player. I covered him. I really enjoyed covering him. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you line up the numbers and the accomplishments of a Todd Helton against Harold Baines, then absolutely Todd Helton should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've had this point made to me uh, by a number of different people through the years when we talk about you know, the accomplishment of all-time greats like Sandy Koufax or Juan Marshall. Um, you know, we don't talk, we don't give demerits to them because they did their work in pitchers' parks. When mm-hmm. we talk about Tom Seaver, we don't talk about how he spent his career in a pitcher's park in, in Shea Stadium. And to that end, I, I do feel like that we probably should stop doing it to that kind of degree that we do with the Rocky sitters. Back to maybe a more general baseball question. This has obviously been a very rough se- off season for MLB. Is it something that once the season starts, you see a lot of the negativity that we see right now with the sport going away? Or do you think this is carrying over into the season? It's going to carry over the season. It's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen before. Um, you know, when the Astros walk on the field in road venues, it's going to be like 81 perp walks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the way that fans are going to treat them. I, I, you know, they, since my time covering baseball, you know, I covered Alomar when he went through the spitting incident. Mm-hmm. We all saw Bonds go through what he went through. Those were individual players. These guys collectively are going to get hammered. Um, and that's why, you know, I'm really curious as I speak with you about how the group of them that are still there with the Astros are going to handle this apology coming up. I don't think it's going to change what's going to happen, but I, I think they should be really smart <laughs> and try to understand the perspective, not only of fans of other teams, but also a lot of their peers who are clearly anger, angry with them based on the response of guys like CC Tabathia and Justin Turner and, and Clayton Kershaw and many others. And, and you know, you, you mentioned some of the past incidents and, you know, the steroid era, the strikes that baseball has gone through. Is there anything that harkens back to maybe that this is going to be something baseball has to overcome that maybe was as bad as some of those things in the past? Or is this a completely different animal? Well, I do feel like to some degree it's comparable to the Black Sox scandal. Because what happened, you know, at that time was Kennesaw Mount Landis came in as commissioner, recognized that the integrity of the game was in question. You hate the idea of a bunch of fans who watched the 2017, you know, 2018 World Series wondering if what happened in front of them was real, which is why I, I you know, I wrote back in 2017, 18, that I thought the commissioner should just come out and say, if you do this, you're going to get kicked out of baseball. That to me was an easy solution and he had the opportunity to do it and he didn't do it. Um, and now I, I hope he does it before the start of the season, just to get it on, you know, on a on a placard that they put in every clubhouse, like mm-hmm. they do the rules against betting, and tell players if you engage in this electronic sign stealing, if you illicitly use electronic steal signs, you're going to get kicked out of the game. That needs to happen. A couple of questions to wrap up, if that's all right. So. Uh... Yep. Outside of Nolan, who's one player that you're really watching for the Rockies this year who could maybe make or break the season? Oh, well, I mean, let's face it, especially with, with Nolan's situation, uh, perhaps in a state of flux, I think Trevor Story mm-hmm. uh, is going to be the face of the franchise moving forward. That, that to me, is 
you know, what he does, how they handle him. Uh, you know, at some point, does he sort of emerge as the guy if there's a sense that Nolan's going to move on? And I know, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about the 94 wins, you know, from owner Dick Monfort and everything else. I think Rockies fans are just hoping for a winning record at this point this season. Do you see a path where they could even have a winning record this year? I think it's going to be a challenge. Okay. Um, but it all comes back, you know, we were talking a couple of years ago, um, when you saw how some of their young guys were throwing, you're thinking, okay, you know, they, they, they figured out something that, you know, they can count on Kyle Freeland going forward. You know, they, they can absolutely count on, you know, John Gray and Herman Marquez. But as Dan O'Dowd learned all those years, it's just so hard to maintain, a, you know, a consistent group of pitchers. Um, that to me is always going to be the biggest question about the Rockies. Can they get those type of performances? You felt like the best team in recent years was the year that Freeland stepped up. And so, I mean, he's going to be a big guy for them. Buster, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for talking Rockies with me. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. And also want to say a special thank you to ESPN PR for helping us set this up. We're looking forward to working with them this season to bring you more interviews from national analysts, on the Rockies and hot topics in Major League Baseball. Be sure to check out rockspile.com, that's R-O-X-P-I-L-E.com, for the latest in Rockies news and opinions. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.